Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Well, I want to, again, welcome our spiritual family. It's good to see Angelica and Brent there. Love you guys. All the way from Jacksonville. And Alyssa. And Alyssa. See, see, I didn't didn't forget. She's like, "Mm, I'm here too. (laughs) Um, I haven't seen Alyssa in a long time. I haven't seen them. So it's always so good to see you guys. Guys, I want you to get your Bibles out. And uh, um, we're going to go through something today that I believe... um, it's really going to provoke us. We just finished a series on breaking intimidation. How many of you guys believe that was, uh, that was needed? But in the same sense, I believe that um, of what's happening now in our, in our, our nation and with our lives, I believe that uh, there's something that is actually missing for people to walk in authority, power, and victory. And that is the knowledge of the authority that's God given us. Now, I, I, I want to say this. I want to start a series this morning called the, the Believer's Authority and Power. Say that. Say the Believer's Authority and Power. I think to, in, in, we need to really attack passivity as, it, as, as if it was a, a arch enemy. One of the things that stops people is lack of knowledge and passivity from really accessing and releasing God-given authority. Say amen. So I want you to, I want you to think about this because uh, there was a book by uh, Papa Hagen. How many know Kenneth Hagen? How many know who Kenneth Hagen is? Okay, some of you guys. Who don't know who Kenneth Hagen is? Uh, raise your hand. All right, some of you don't know. Okay, that's fine. Who, d- who does know who Kenneth Hagen was? Okay, so just to give you a background, he wrote a book called The Believer's Authority, actually, in the, in the 50s, I believe, 50s or 60s. Um, and he is uh, probably credited with, um, with uh, being the person to help revive the Pentecostal charismatic movement uh, in the 60s and 70s, uh, even in the 50s. Uh, he was having these camp meetings where the Holy Spirit was just coming out like crazy. And so we, we, uh, we also wanted to know uh, that, that well, I mean, sorry, I also wanted to tell you that this is a book that you could get that I highly recommend. And I was actually talking to Tiffany. Remember Tiffany in my office? I think a couple of months ago, we were talking about the Two months ago, right? The Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagin. And I, be- I just believe as I was praying, I said, you know what? We need, we need some boldness back in the church. And we need uh, to know how to activate that boldness. Boldness does not come just by personality. Boldness comes when we have revelation. Boldness comes when we have revelation. So with that said, I want to, before we, I, I, I turn to Ephesians, because we're going to start in the, in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. If you guys could turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 in the NLT really quick. But before we put it up and before we read it, I want to just share some things. By the way, this is a spirit-filled, non-denominational church. You could say amen, and you could say preach it. Amen. I don't feel like it this morning, but you could say preach it, pastor. You could wave your hanky, uh, you know, at me. You could, you could stand up and point if, you, if something is good. Come on, I give you permission to get excited for the word of the Lord. All right. So um, with that said, I, I want to just say this, this. Believers in Christ all over the world, here's a little intro, okay, have an incredible supernatural arsenal at their disposal, at our disposal. Listen, listen. Every single second, every single day, 
And every single hour of the day, we have supernatural arsenal and resources given to us already by the Lord Jesus himself. He says, all authority has been given to me. He says, now I give you this authority right before he left. And he says, whatever, when you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. When you, if anything tries to bite you that is harmful, you drink anything harmful, it will by no means hurt you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now, why, if this is a reality, why are so many Christians, in 2020 living defeated lives come on because we don't know how what listen to me has been given to us when the but in the realm of the authority and power by the lord and we don't know how to access that authority I'm going to preach something in the next several weeks that I pray will shake the the to some of you, not all of you, the doubt and even the ignorance that we have. Just because you're ignorant innocently doesn't mean that the devil will bypass that ignorance. He doesn't come to you and say, you know what, you're ignorant innocently, so I'm not going to attack you. I'm only going to attack the ones who are ignorant pridefully. No, he will attack anybody who is ignorant of the truth and what the, what the Bible says that we have. So number one, what kind of godly and biblical authority does every believer have in Christ? Right? And how do we activate and release that? Because the fact is that we have authority that we are not using. We have supernatural ability that Christians are not using. As a matter of fact, I believe, and this is not a, a diss at all, but just by, by looking in, in the world today, there are more defeated Christians walking around than victorious Christians walking around. It almost seems like, do, are, are we looking any differently from the world? Do we have victory every time we talk? Do we have victory in our speech? Do we have victory in our walk? Come on, say amen. So the authority of the believer, say the authority, is unveiled more fully, in my opinion, in the book of Ephesians than any other book or epistle written to the church. Now, I'm not going to be talking this morning or throughout this series on the apostolic prayers, but my intro today is to look at the book of Ephesians and the prayers that Paul prayed to introduce a mystery to us, guys, because in his prayers in the book of Ephesians, I mean, there's Colossians, but in the book of Ephesians, there's earnest prayers by the Apostle Paul that actually give us clues of the authority and power given in the heavenly realms to every believer. And what he was praying weren't just really cool uh, prayers uh, for uh, oratory skills. You know, like, uh, he wasn't praying so that people could brag about his prayers. We call them apostolic prayers, but we really mystify that because they're apostolic prayers. Yes, they're apostolic prayers, but let's, for the sake of this message, they're earnest prayers done by the Apostle Paul and revealing what God already has access to us that we have uh, been given access to. Now, in, in Ephesians, amen, Ephesians it will tell you almost like a manual. It's like a secret manual that Paul prayed to give us the 
insight of heavenly, all the heavenly authority and all the heavenly blessings that belong to us. And he said it in prayer form. But the beautiful thing is that he didn't waste his prayers, church. He actually prayed it so that we could receive it. He actually prayed certain prayers so that the church could wake up and say, this is what belongs to every believer. Now, look at the first slide. Look at this. The, apo- the apostolic prayers that were prayed. Look it up on the screen, the first slide. The apostolic prayers that were prayed by Paul for the church, we get a glimpse of the type of authority that the Lord has given every believer to walk in. Everybody say authority. Everybody say power. Whenever you hear authority and power, I want you to think about this. Divine, heavenly resources. I'm not talking about a physical book. I'm not talking about some library book that you have resources to. I'm talking about supernatural powers. Yes, that's just get amen. I know that that sounds really, really crazy, but if you really think about it, if you're really honest with yourself, Christians are God's first superheroes. We really are. You know where I believe superheroes came from? From the fact that People in the early church walked with such power and authority that it was unnatural. It was supernatural. Okay? When you have Jesus walking on water, that's not natural. When you have the the shadow of Peter, come on somebody, passing by and healing sick folks, that is not natural. It's supernatural. And the problem with the church, the reason why we get so frustrated with God is we're trying to serve a supernatural God with natural means and natural understanding. We cannot relate to a supernatural God with a natural faith, with a natural walk, with a natural, with a natural mindset. We must have the mind of Christ to include yourself in the same authority that God has given every believer. But if you're just saying, well, that's just for a few deep Christians out there uh, that, that, that walk in authority, listen to me. Authority is only limited some, for some people. Whenever the church says authority, we only think about one dimension, which is casting out demons. Yes, we have authority over demons, but we got so much more authority. I said we got so much more authority. So I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 20. And I want you to look in the NLT, all right? I want you to look up there, all right? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 20. Say amen if you're there. Now, this is the, the prayers. We call them apostolic prayers, right? Say apostolic prayers. But, but to, to demystify that, but you know, let me pause and say this. Sometimes there's buzzwords in the kingdom of God that we keep using so much and it loses its power, you know? And so we think apostolic prayers, <gasps> I can't come near that. Okay, let's just say these are earnest prayers by the Apostle Paul, okay? It just happens to be the Apostle Paul who prayed this. Now, look, I'm going to go real quick because we're going to have like three intro scriptures and Ephesians that I'm going to fly with you here, okay? Ever since I first heard of your strong faith, this is um, uh, Apostle Paul saying to the Ephesians church, in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give your spirit, listen it, to give your spiritual wisdom 
and insight so that you might grow in your, these are our prayers, okay, in your knowledge of God. Now watch his prayers. I pray that your hearts be flooded with light. This is a part of the authority given to you. So that you can understand the comp- with confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. That's part of your authority. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of what, 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 what? God's power for us who believe. Listen, this is not just a prayer. He's actually saying God will answer this prayer through people so that they can realize and access what belongs to them. He says, I am praying that you will understand, listen, say the incredible, say greatness of God's power for me who believe. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Jump to chapter 3 in Ephesians because I know that we're getting cranking here. Okay? Now now listen, I I guess I'm tired of seeing an an, an apathetic, a a weak, a a non-victorious church. All right? Ephesians 3, another famous apostolic prayer that gives us a glimpse of the authority that every believer walks in. Not just pastors, not just apostles, not just evangelists, not just teachers, and not just prophets. Every believer. Okay, now look at chapter 3, verse 16 through 19 in the NLT. Follow with me on the screen or in your Bibles. I pray, the Apostle Paul, from his glorious unlimited resources. Oh, God. Wait, wait. I pray, not from his limited, from his glorious unlimited resources that he will, come on, shout this with me, empower you. The believer's authority and power. That from his unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love. Oh, I love that. And keep you, come on, say strong. And may you have, everybody say power, to understand as all God's people should That means everyone in here should understand these elementary principles. He said, as all God's people should, okay, watch this, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand. Watch this. I'm I'm going to slap myself on this. Look at this. That you may experience the love of Christ that is too great for you to understand fully. Watch this. Then you will be made complete. With all the fullness, uh, not some of the fullness, not a majority of the fullness, with all of the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Wait, wait. What he's praying these things so that at the end of his prayer, he's saying, I want you to understand the width, the height, the depth of, of God's love. I want you to know what's been granted to you. I want you to know that this is available for you and this is available for you. And then he says, so that you will be made complete. Wait a minute. That means we, some of us are complete in our salvation, but we're not complete in our victory, in our walking out of victory. You will be complete with all the fullness of life. Wait, 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 wait. All the fullness of life and power that comes from who? Is that the type of church that we are seeing today? 
that a church is walking with the fullness of life, fullness of life and power. I don't even know what that look. I don't even know what that means. What is it? What is it to have the fullness of life and power? I'll tell you what it's not. Bless the Lord. I have to go to church this morning. I can't pay my bills. What am I gonna do? I am so I'm just so sad. I'm not trying to dis, I'm not trying to 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 shame anybody. But the fullness of life and power is given to every believer. If they know how to access it. Now, now I say this because one of the turning points in my life is when I realize that I can pray and contend for these same prayers. Prayed in Ephesians to be active in my life. That's when my whole life turned around. I'm like, wait a minute. This is not just for 2,000 years ago for the church of Ephesians. This is actually a prayer that I could pray for me. And I'm going to say this to you that some of you guys, I know people take what I'm about to say overboard, but just take what I'm about to say in context. You can even insert your name in that prayer. It's a prayer manual if you think about it. The, the apostolic prayer, you don't know what to pray and you want to pray something in power, look at the prayers that Paul prayed and, and, and listen and claim them for you. In other words, put your first and last name. Oh, God. Put your first and last name every time you pray these prayers. Put your family's first name and last name every time. Look at this, look at this slide. Look at this slide. These apostolic prayers, this next slide, in the book of Ephesians are powerful prayer manuals. Oh, God. Pastor, I don't know what to pray. Look no further. You want to pray with power, pray apostolic prayers. Oh, my God, your life will change. Papa Hagen said that when he got this revelation, well, well, let me finish this thing. The apostolic prayers in the book of Ephesians are also powerful prayer manuals to pray for others that are believing for breakthrough, victory, and power. You have a family member struggling with addiction. You have a family member struggling with suicide. You have a you have an issue going on. Start getting and praying. Not, oh Lord, could you just get them? Have mercy on them. No, pray that the fullness of power will come on their life. Papa Hagen, uh, Kenneth Hagen, who wrote the Believer's Authority in 1940, 1950, he said something powerful. He said this. He said that, uh, that he did not get this. He started looking at the apostolic prayers and all of the authority that was written, uh, sorry, that was revealed to him that he prayed that everyone should have. He started praying it twice, one in the morning and one at night, every single day until his faith started changing. He started expecting certain things and th- certain outcomes to happen. He had a per- person in his family member that was in his book that was struggling with a sickness. He put his name in those apostolic prayers. He said, instead of, I pray that you will be strengthened with the might and power, he said, I pray that Susie or Johnny be strengthened with the might and power in the inner man, that, the, that he will know the fullness of power in his life. He said that, he, he prayed that for weeks, and suddenly when his friends started reading the scriptures, his eyes were open to truth and revelation that he has never seen before. He said within 10 days, his family member got totally healed. Why? Because he shifted from beggar's mentality to I have the authority already. I already have it. I don't have to It's not somewhere out there. It's here. I just have to believe and activate it that it's mine. Jesus walked out his full life. This is the next slide. In obedience to the Father, 
He died and rose again so he can give heavenly authority that belongs to his people. Now, I want to say this very clearly because some of you guys um, need to hear this, okay? I want you to pay attention. The devil doesn't mind. He doesn't get threatened at all. Please hear me, okay? The devil doesn't mind if we go to church faithfully. I want you to go to church faithfully. But the devil does not mind. When I'm, ta- I'm talking about the authority and power of the believer, in this context, the devil doesn't mind at all if you go to church seven days a week. I'm more of, man, where are the people at? The devil's like, I don't care if they go to church seven days a week. I'm not threatened by that. The devil's not threatened by us listening to powerful preaching of the word of God. He is not threatened by that. I know that sounds a little weird. Just, let's just hold on for a second. Because you could hear God's word and never walk in authority. You could hear God's word and never believe it for yourself. Okay, so he, the devil doesn't mind or get threatened if you, if you listen to cutting-edge word uh, that, that actually lifts your faith up. Now, I'm going to go a little bit further, and it's going to be a little controversial. God, the devil doesn't get threatened if you're a passionate lover and worshiper for, of God. Listen to what I said. I'm not saying that he likes it. I'm saying he's not threatened by our passionate love and worship because we have so many beautiful people in the body of Christ that they give themselves in devotion for for God and they're crying on the floor and they're weeping. But the moment they get attacked, their tail goes in between them and they start retreating and they don't know how to deal with the devil. They don't know how to deal with the enemy. They don't know how to walk in power. So the enemy doesn't care if you worship until boogers come out your nose. Until mascara comes out, praise God. He doesn't care if you go to church faithfully. Please go to church faithfully. He, but he's not threatened by that. You know what he's threatened by? Oh, God, I'm going to run around the church. What the devil is really concerned with and what he really tries so hard to blind every Christian believer is from knowing their God-given authority. Which is linked to knowing your God-given identity. If you know your God-given identity, you will know your God-given authority. He will never attack any Christian harder in any area than trying to blind the believer from the authority that they have access to. Because if he knows that they can have access to that, it will defeat the devil every time. Every time. If you are just a passionate lover of God and don't know your authority, if you are a student of God's word and don't know or activate God's authority, you will continually live a defeated life and the devil will have a heyday on you. But I'm telling you, believers don't know their God-given authority. He will, the enemy will fight you harder in this area, guys, than any other area in your life. He is not threatened by your church attendance. Stop treating church attendance as a checkoff list to make sure that you're doing right. Listen, I am so happy that you're here. Trust me. Trust me. I'm so happy that you're here, and I'm so happy that we're faithful. There's very few that even do that nowadays. But above that, I want you to walk in victory. I want you to walk in power. I want you to walk in authority. I don't want you to have to go through five different counseling sessions and get all that money when you can access the power and the authority and walk in victory. Now, is there a need for counselors? Yes. But the reason why we need them is because we don't understand who we are. 
listen, listen. I'm going to say something. Counselors will go bankrupt. Counselors will go bankrupt if people would be like David and said, I got, I got nobody to encourage me. Everyone is thinking of stoning me. They, they went into Ziklag and they burned everything. And I'm going to kill you, David. I'm your friend, but I'm going to kill you because they got my wife. And he looked around. He had nobody to encourage himself. And he had no counselors to go to. He didn't have my friend Stephen Galoza. He didn't say, hey, 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 hey let's have an, an appointment because they're trying to kill me. He looked around and the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. But the, Guys, that is easy to clap to, but it's very hard to do if you don't know who you are in Christ. Very hard to do when everyone's, try, try, try really thinking about everyone's literally trying to kill you, and you got no one to encourage you, and you just go, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Pastor John is not here, Pastor George is not here, PK is not here, but Pastor Jesus is here, and I still got, I still got authority in me. Now, out of all the scriptures in Ephesians, this, that was my intro. This, this is my favorite one when it comes to unlocking the authority for every believer. Are you ready? Ephesians 1, but we're going to go all the way to the beginning in Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, are you ready for this? This is, this is to me, the pinnacle of apostolic prayer manifested into the belie- what believers have access to. Ephesians chapter 1, I tell you, if you never read the book of Ephesians, do yourself a favor and do a real good study on Ephesians. We, we had, two, two years ago, or a year ago, we had uh, uh, Cheryl, Cheryl um, Allen give a prophetic word from the Pasadena House of Prayer. She didn't really know who we are. She goes, I feel like RCC is an Ephesians community. And she started giving prophetic things about each chapter, and that's when I did a whole series on an Ephesians community. But Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, verse 6, are you getting something this, this morning? Watch this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, oh. I've read this so many times, but I want you to read it for the first time. Listen. Who has blessed us? I want to read this slow. With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. I'm going to read that again. Put, put, put the beginning again. Verse, blessed be the Father, God of Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blemish before him, having predestined us to adoption. Let me just pause right there. That in itself is so much power that you are adopted by God. That's a whole other sermon, but I want you to look at me. The Apostle Paul did not say in Ephesians 1 verse 3, he did not say, Blessed be the God of our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with some blessings in the heavenly places. He didn't say, Blessed is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, who has blessed us with a majority of blessings. Even if he said that, I'll be like, I'll take that. A majority of the resources in heaven is greater than all the resources on earth. I would have been a good, good with that. Okay, the majority, okay, I don't get all of it, but I get the majority of heavenly resources. He didn't even say that. He said, blessed is the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, I don't even know what that means. What is every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies? Are you serious? This is not just for the Ephesians church. It's for Remnant Christian Center. It's, 
It's for those who are believers. But if we don't believe this, we won't act on it and we won't talk on it and we won't be able to live like this. Confidence breeds through knowledge. When you have knowledge about something, it will exude confidence, not arrogance, but it will exude confidence for you to access boldly what is freely been given to you. Now, watch this slide. Now, watch this slide. Watch this slide. Look at the next slide. The scripture tells us that Jesus has blessed every, the believer with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. But, everybody say but. Come on, say but. Just knowing about the authority available to us is not enough. This knowledge must be acted upon to bring real results. This knowledge must be acted upon. I'm going to show you at the end how to act on this because it's a, it's a game changer. A lot of us, we know or we know uh, part in part, right? We know in part, but we don't act on what we know, okay? So the tragedy for every Christian is to go through life to never find out what belongs to them from God. I'm going to say that again. The tragedy of the believer is to go through life never finding out what belongs to them in God. Now, I, I want to say something really powerful before I go to that, to that, expand on that point. Do you know that the knowledge of the authority of the believer and the power of the believer is not just for the believer? Now, watch this. It's actually needed for the unbeliever because the unbeliever does not know all the power and authority given to them. They, it doesn't do the sinner any good if Christians don't know what belongs to them. Listen to me. It, it doesn't do the sinner any good if Christians don't know what belongs to them. Why? Because when Christians know what belongs to them, they'll be able to talk to the unbeliever and say, listen, not only did Jesus die for your sins, not only are we sinners, not only are we bound with, to our sin without salvation, but when you surrender to the Lord, this is all that happens to you at salvation. I think part of the problem in the church is that we don't really know what happens to us at salvation. We don't really know that our spirits has been infused and regenerated by the Lord and everything that comes with it. The Bible says in the epistles that we have the divine nature. So it's like, like, like I like to call it, that I got in trouble one time for saying this, so I, I got to word it right. I like to call it like a syringe with Go with liquid in it, and that liquid is all the DNA of God, and God at salvation injected you with the DNA of God. So, so, so imagine a syringe, right, with, uh, with this, this, this heavenly liquid, but in that heavenly liquid is all the fullness of God and all the DNA of God's power that he wants to give us, and he injected it into your spirit. That doesn't mean we're God. <laughs> that doesn't mean we're deity, but it does mean that we have authority, heavenly authority, much more than the authority that Christians walk in right now. Listen, if this is heavenly authority, I am gravely disappointed. If what we're seeing and we're scared about everything, that's not heavenly authority. Let me tell you something. We, we have to do this because it's not just for us. It's for the unbelievers. Say amen. Say amen. Things can be ours, and, we can, and yet we never have access to it. Do you know that something could be yours by title, and yet you never have access to it? Do you know there's people that have inheritance, and they didn't even know they had inheritance, and just because they didn't know it doesn't discount that it was theirs? 
We have this notion that says because we don't know about something, then uh, it's not mine. Who says that? Just because you don't know that something is yours doesn't mean you don't have it. There's a story that uh, I read that uh, uh, there was a poor man in the 1950s or 60s and that he was uh, in Chicago, and he was uh, a known beggar, and he was a known uh, uh, person that had raggedy clothes for 20 years in, in, in Chicago, in the city of Chicago, and he would eat out of garbage cans. He was like the, the, the city, the famous city um, bum. Everybody would see him for 20 years digging out of garbage cans, raggedy clothes, uh, big backpacks on and going from garbage can to garbage can to garbage can. Well, the story goes that one day after 20 years, he went missing. And when he went missing, the people in Chicago were looking for him. And about three days later, they found this man dead on the street. And when they did an autopsy on him, they found out, listen to this, that he died of malnutrition. Duh, right? That's, a, that's probably a no-brainer. But what they did find on him was a money belt back in those days that had uh, secret little compartments that he never checked because it was in his bag. And in his money belt, there was enough checks from back in his uh, ancestors and cash to total $25,000. Now, you think that that's a fairy tale, but that's a true story. Right? He died having money that he never knew he had because he never searched for it and he never had access to it. So that means he could have eaten in the best places in town. He could have, he could have stayed in the best hotels, but he settled for eating at the garbage. He settled for, eat, for these raggedy clothes because he didn't know what belonged to him. Look at this next slide. We need to know as believers all that belongs to us from God in order to walk in complete victory. Say complete victory. I wrote this down before, before uh, our message t- today. I just had this in my office. Our wholeness, freedom, and victory is linked to our knowledge of what the scripture says every believer has. I'm going to say it again. Our wholeness, freedom, and victory is linked to our knowledge of what the scripture says every believer has. Now, real quick, I want you to be quick back to with, with, the, with the media. The Bible does not say that truth alone will set you free. I've said this all throughout my life. The problem with Christians is that you settle for, the Bible says, the truth will set you free. And you settle for that, and you're like, well, the Bible says the truth will set me free. I don't know what I'm missing. It's not the truth that sets you free. It's the truth that you know that sets you free. Please hear what I'm about to say. Knowledge, everybody say knowledge, of biblical truth, say biblical truth, has the power to permanently set you free. But it's the, it's the knowledge coupled with your belief in that knowledge to activate it out. But it's not just truth alone. If truth alone would bring healing and freedom, then there will be no bondage in the church. John chapter 8. Look at what it says. Put it up there real quick. And you shall, everybody say no. Come on, say no. Notice it say, and truth is out there. And truth will set you free. He said, you will know the truth. In other words, only the truth that you know by spending time digging in his word, not through osmosis. Truth is not going to come through osmosis. Truth does not come while you're sleeping and John 6 and 7 and 8 and Revelation 1 is implanted in your soul while you're sleeping. You actually got to search it out. Truth searched out will unveil what has been given to you by the authority of the Lord to every believer. So the truth that you know 
will set you free. You may know a certain scriptural truth, but you may not know the truth that says that you don't have to live with shame. You may know the truth that, let's say, this is a good one. Let's say you know the truth because you uh, brought up in church that, it, that God doesn't want you to stay sick and that God gives give you power over sickness. You may know that truth, but you may not know the truth that says there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no shame. There's no guilt. Even if you did something in the past, just yesterday, if you asked for forgiveness, there should not be any guilt. That doesn't give you a license to sin. But watch, John, so John 8.32, you will know the truth. Look at Hosea chapter 6. It's a very, very famous scripture. Hosea chapter 6. My people are destroyed or perish, okay, for lack of knowledge. Now, that is not knowledge in science. And that's not knowledge in mathematics. It's knowledge about who he is and his word. My people, wait, that means people actually perish. For lack of knowledge of God's truth, ignorance of God's word will destroy you. Ignorance of who you are and your God-given authority will defeat you and destroy you. We only find out what we have through the scripture. So now I'm getting to the meat of it, okay? Are you enjoying this? So then, what exactly is this authority? Now, I'm going to give you a little Bible lesson now. I want you, everyone, uh, th this, th this is where I really want to start really honing in, okay? What really then is this authority that I'm talking about? Is this just might? Is it power? Is, like the is it the strength of Samson? Is that only the authority that we're talking about? Is it just uh, miracles? Is it signs? Is it wonders? Come on, church, it got quiet up in here. Because we identify authority. One camp in this, in this church identifies authority as victory over demons. One camp uh, in the church uh, 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 summarizes authority as boldness. Some camps have it over, over sickness, right? But what exactly is authority? Now watch this. The translation in the King James Version, the old King James, like, come up here, hither, come hither, so that I may show thee thy glory. Sometimes I love those things. Can you imagine if we talk like that to our wife? Oh, wife of thine, cometh here. My foodeth is not readieth for consumptioneth. Right? But in the, in, the King, in the King James Version, watch this. There's some translations in the Bible that are English that, okay, I'm going to just say this. The English language is very weak compared to the Greek language of uh, translation. For instance, in the English language, we have the word love. In the same verse, same verse, we have, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Then feed my sheep. Do you love me? And so we have all these, the same word love in the English. And we think it's the same word because we see the same word, right? So I'm breaking this down. So in the English language, you have love. And in the Greek, there's like three or four different definitions. In the same verse, you can see love three different times in the same verse, and each one has a different meaning. Well, the word power in the English is said in the scriptures, especially in the King James, and it says power on one verse, and in the same verse, it says power again, but it has two different meanings. Oh, and I'm going to shout, because this, whoo, is the power and authority that is given every believer. I've said all of this this morning to tell you that this is, there's two types of authority and power that is translated in the Greek that sums up what every believer has. Are you ready? In the King James Version, in Luke chapter 10, oh, glory to God, verse 19. This is the King James Version. I want you to follow me, okay? 
in the King James, now, now in the New King James, it, tra- it has two different words. But in the, in, the, in the King James, look what it says. Jesus says, behold, I give you, no, 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 in the King James, in the King James, in the King James. Not New King James, in the Old King James. If you could put Old King James on there. That's New King James because I know that by heart. The Old King James. So before, so I'll just read it for you. You can look it up in your, in your, in your phones. In the Old King James, everybody say Old King James. It says, behold, I give you power. Everybody say power. Say power. What are we talking about this morning? The believer's authority and power, right? Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Now, let me pause for those who are new believers. He's not talking about physical scorpions and physical uh, snakes because then that's a very limited power because there's a lot of more animals out there. So he's not talking about, I've only given you power over snakes and scorpions, but not dogs and cats and ants. No, no, no. He's not, he's not talking about physical scorpions. He's talking about the realm of the demonic. All right? He said, now, now watch. Say power. Jesus said, I've given you power to turn on serpents and scorpions and over all the, all the what? Over all the what? Over all the what? Okay, so same English word, I've given you power. Power, Jesus said, to trample on scorpions and serpents, in other words, the enemy. And then it says, um, and over all the power of the enemy, the devil, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now, if you read that in the English, you will not, you'll have a very limited knowledge of the authority and power given to every believer. But if you look at it in the Greek, and I have it on slide for you so you know, oh, this is going to be exciting for me and for you. <laughs> all right? Look at this slide. The first word power that, that is in the Greek is the word, put that slide up. The first word of power, everybody say power, in Luke chapter 10 verse 19 is the Greek word exousia. Say exousia. Which means, are you ready to shout? Authority or permission to exercise what has been given or granted without restraint. In other words, I have given you not just power like, I have given you permission from heaven. I have given you permission and authority to exercise what's been given to you without restraint. That's the first word power, right? The second word power over all the power of the enemy, look at that next slide, is the Greek word dunamis, and where we get the word dynamite, all right? Now, this is shocking. When I read this, I only saw dynamite or dunamis in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Those of you who have been around for a long time. And you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That word power in Acts chapter 1, verse 8 is actually dunamis, which means strength, might, and ability. But it doesn't mean permission. It does, dunamis means strength. Supernatural power, like dunamis power, like, like Samson did. He had dunamis power. Supernatural might, supernatural strength, not, have, not, not natural strength, supernatural ability. But if you only have that without permission, you ain't going anywhere. Because it's only true power is not how big you can flex your spiritual muscles. It's the backing that you have from heaven. True power and true authority is the permission that's unrestrained for you and I to use 
over all the powers of the enemy. Now, so, so the first word is exousia, which means authority, permission to exercise what's been given without restraint. The second word over the power of the enemy is dunamis. Say dunamis. Strength, might, and ability. Same thing as in Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Real quick. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Just the chapter before. All right? In the actual King James, it actually says power and authority here. But again, there's two different meanings. Luke chapter 1 says Jesus called his 12 disciples together, gave them what? Power and authority, okay, over all demons and to cure all diseases. So it could read like this. Then Jesus called his 12 disciples together, listen, and gave them power, which is dunamis. He gave them might, strength, and ability to have the permission and authority without restraint to cure all diseases and to overcome all demons. In other words, if you put these definitions together and you go back to Luke chapter 10, verse 19, if you put them all together, here's how it reads, okay? I'm going to read it. What Jesus is actually saying in Luke 10, 19, where he says, Behold, I have given you power uh, to trample and then power over all the enemy. This is how it reads. Behold, I have given you the authority and permission without restraint, exousia, to trample on all the might, strength, and ability, dunamis, of the devil and his demons. Church, how can you stay silent with that? I have given you access and permission. Here's the problem. It's not so much, is it God's will that I, you don't have to ask permission. You know when people know who they are uh, in their house, you don't have to ask your parents to go to the refrigerator. You just walk up to the refrigerator and you take what's yours. You take that pickle, you take that onion, you take that, that, that salad, you take that hamburger, you take that whatever, milk. Come on, somebody. But listen, listen, my kids just had, listen, this, this is true. My kids just had a sleepover for their birthdays, right? And all of my, 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 my son's, Jonathan's uh, uh, friends, he slept over. They, they, they've been coming since they were, they were like, like sixth graders. So they know each other, our family. They didn't say, Mr. Sotolongo, even though they're a guest and they could have done that. That would have been nice, right? They didn't say, Mr. Sotolongo, I'm hungry. Can I get a, a juice? No, I saw with my own eyes. I'm, I'm in my living room and Jonathan's friends like, I'm like, hey, this is your home. You know that, right? You, you could do that. But, I, I, but the confidence that they had, why? Because they knew in this house there's freedom to come and grab what I need. In my father's house there's many mansions. If it were not so, I would not give it to you. I prepare work for you. Listen, adoption means that you have everything that the Father has. Adoption means that if you've been adopted in the family, that means the refrigerator is yours, the, the, the car you have access to, the TV and remote you have access to. Come on, somebody. You have access to food when you're adopted. You have access to everything is in the house. And you don't, and I, and I watch, this is where, this is where you, can, you, can, you can go off if you don't hear me right. You don't have to ask for permission because permission is granted already. Why do you have to ask someone for permission when they already said, I've given you permission? It's like this. It's like this. John, man, here's the keys to, to my car. Just do whatever you want with it. And then John goes, but, but can I drive it? I just said, here's the keys to my car. Do whatever you want with it. But can I put the music loud? Here's the keys to my car. Do whatever you want with it. Can I go over 55 miles an hour? 
which is true, he probably will. <laughs> Here's the thing. Oh, man, I just, I, this is for free. This is, I, this is not in my notes. God is not an Indian giver, okay? He doesn't say, here, here's the key to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Hey, wait, I don't like your attitude today. Give me back those keys. Or he doesn't say, hey, I've given you the keys to the kingdom, uh, whatever you bind, and then, and then and you say, can I bind? Can I loose? I already told you that you can. Stop asking me for permission. You know what God is saying to the church? Stop asking me for permission with something I already gave you permission for. That deserves a better amen to that one. Come on, amen. Now, now watch this. Now watch this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to close in a little bit, but I want you to see this. The followers of Jesus today... The authority granted to every church, we just need to know how to access them by faith and boldness, all right? I had a little quote that I want to read, and then I want to share three main ways to activate authority and power, okay? Which is the main thing that I want to share. Look at this quote real quick. The quote uh, that I wanted to share, put it up there on the screen. Now, this is Kenneth Hagin. There's a misquote with his name. I, I misquote his name. It's not that. It's, H- it's Hagin. Anyways, he said, the value of our authority rests on the power that is behind that authority, The Lord himself is the power behind our authority. The reason the devil and his forces have to obey and recognize our God-given authority is not because of us. It's because he recognizes that that authority is from God himself. Have you ever seen those those, uh, stories or the cartoons where, um, here's a a perfect one, Um, uh, my favorite one, Lion King, okay? So Lion King and Scar is like just messing on little old, old, old uh, um, Simba, thank you. And he's like, I want to roar. He's like, roar! <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know, like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to be scared. He goes, try to get, right? But he didn't know that at like the second or third roar that when he was about to get eaten by the hyenas, that Mufasa, the king, the Lord, right, the king, was behind him. And the third time when he said, roar, he, it wasn't a little roar, it was a roar, right? The reason why people could stand in boldness and authority is because you're not roaring. It's the Lord's roaring through you. You in the natural, me in the natural, I don't care how passionate I am. My roar is not big in the, nat- in the natural. It's the roar that belongs to the Lord that the enemy has to bow to. It's the lion of the tribe of Judah with fire in the eyes that he is looking at, not you. When he obeys you, it's because you remind him that the authority has been given by Jesus to you. Say amen. The police officer, right? Now, how many have been in a police? How many have been ever in a police um, business? Okay. Really? A police, police officer. We we just we just we just <laughs> all right. We, 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 I didn't say that because then half of the church will raise their hands. No, just joking. <laughs> Tiffany, don't talk. You know, Tara. <laughs> if you've ever known a police, okay, a police. Watch this. Could go outside right now in 441 and say, pull up the hands and say, stop. Now watch, please, please. They don't have any. 
power within themselves to magically make the people stop. If people want to keep going, they won't magically run into a force field and say, wait, what is happening? They could decide to keep going. But what makes, oh, come on, I'm going to shout. What, what makes the people stop when a human being with a badge on goes like this? It's not the authority they have. It's the authority that the government has invested in that person. And people recognize the vested authority and they stop. That's what the enemy recognizes when you open yourself to truth. He has to obey. Listen, he has to obey. He has to obey. Years ago, there was a, a, a story that I read uh, in the book, The Believer's Authority, years ago, that inspired me for this series. And again, once again, Papa Hagen, he said that he had, uh, in a 1944, 45, some of you guys were, were not even a thought yet, okay? Some of your parents weren't even around. But in 1945, he had this uh, very debilitating heart condition. Some of you guys know about this, right? And he would be up at night. He couldn't go to sleep for weeks. It was like he said he felt like he was going to die. He said one time, he said, Lord, please help me. Give me a revelation. I need something to overcome this. He finally went to sleep. And in the dream, he had a dream. Kenneth Hagin, he had a dream, and he was in a field with his friend of his, and it was a big field, but in the distance you could see stands with people like Colosseums to sit, but it was way far away. Suddenly in the dream, he's in this field, and two ferocious, fierce lions salivating, coming to him, uh, to them, ro roaring and with ferocious teeth coming at them, and they were running. And so in the dream, they started running towards the stands. But Kenneth Hagin says, we're not going to make it. It's still miles away. He said, in the dream, he stopped, and he, he said he was terrified, and he stopped, and he turned around, and he saw these two lions coming at him, and he said he was terrified. He said he closed his eyes, he walked towards the lions, he opened up his mouth, and he says, in the name of Jesus, I resist you. I, and he said this, in the name of Jesus, I command you not to harm me, and in the name of Jesus, you will not harm me. He said as soon as he said that with authority in his dream, he said the lions became like kittens and they went to his ankles and started licking his ankles and kept on going after the other person. When he woke up, he got healed of his heart condition. This is a true story. Because the Lord showed him what you've been missing is you have failed to take authority. Stop waiting on God to do what he's given you authority to do. There is an authority that only will come to manifest when you do the speaking. And when you do the talking. And when you do the praying. And you do the confessing. Come on. Somebody say amen. Now, now I say the I say the best for last. If the, if the worship team could come up on stage, I say the best for last. Worship team, you can still hear while I say this. Now, I want you to put this slide up. The authority that has been given to us by the Lord becomes powerful and active in three different ways. Now, please, if you don't hear anything about this message, I'm about to give you three main keys on how to activate. Say activate this God-given authority. Okay, there's three main ways to activate. Uh, to be active and powerful by three main realities. And I'm going to give you one last scripture to give you an example. I saw this for the first time in my life. Listen to me. No distractions. Listen to me. I'm going to give you a scripture, scripture that actually has three, three examples in the scripture. All right? So are you ready to hear this? Are you ready? So the first key to activate 
the authority and power of every believer is through faith. Look at the first slide. Say by faith. Say by faith. I want everyone to look at me because I may say something funny right now, but this is so true. Say by faith. You must believe that you have something from God. You must believe that you have it. Say, say, say. You must believe that you have authority. It's like the movie Matrix. How many of you have seen the movie Matrix, right? He was getting beat down throughout the whole movie. He was insecure about himself, right? And then all these little hints about he's the one, right? He's the one. He's the one. I mean, you know who the Matrix is, right? And all of a sudden, when at the end of the movie, when Neo, is that his name, Neo? Okay. When Neo realized that he had, are you ready for this, supernatural powers, when he had supernatural abilities and he actually believed it and he knew he was the one, he was, he became unstoppable because he finally had the faith that everything that was talked about him is actually true. Oh, you will love this one, Frank. How about, now this is real old school. I'm going to go old school on you. It's like the movie The Last Dragon. Remember The Last Dragon? Some of y'all don't know what The Last Dragon is about. You got the enemy called Show Enough. What kind of a name of an enemy is that? The enemy Show Enough. And then you got the hero, Leroy Green. Come on, Leroy Green was up in there. And what, what, yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to show the clip, but it cursed, so I wasn't going to show it. I wasn't going to show it. But you know what happened? Everybody say faith. Say believe. In the last scene, the enemy, the enemy, Show Enough, was drunken Leroy. In the water, drowning. Who's the master? And he's like, he's literally dying. He's, he, he, he's getting drowned. He said it again. Who's the master? And while he's getting dunked, he's reviewing all the prophecies, in a sense, that were given to him about who he is. Oh, come on, somebody. See, while you're getting dunked by the enemy, you need to rehearse the prophecies that have been given to you. While you've been dunked by, the, by show enough, right, you got by, by spiritual show enough, and, and, and if you see that movie, he's, he's about to die. And while he's in the water gasping for air, these images of past people saying, this is who you are. This is why you're here. You have powers that you don't know of. And the third time, after he got out and he got this revelation, belief, everybody say belief, faith comes up, you hear, the, you hear the music in the back, background, who's the master? And you hear, oh, you are the last dragon. And Leroy goes, I'm the master. And then <laughs> I mean, the graphics were horrible, but I mean, but, but watch this. From that point forward, Leroy kicked the enemy's butt. Why? Because something clicked in him that he had supernatural powers and he actually believed them. The devil is not your master. Come on, somebody. That's what he's doing to many of you who don't know your authority. He's saying, I'm your master. You're not going to rise up. You're not going to, because he knows you're not going to use it. The moment you have faith to believe that God has given you supernatural power, you look at the devil and say, you are not the master. He is, and the one who lives in me is greater. And while you're in your prayer closet, you can go like this. Say faith. We must believe and have faith that we have been given heavenly power. Number two, the, the second way to access it, first by faith, 
Second, now this is key, because some of you do have faith, but you don't have this next one. By action. In other words, I need you to hear this. Action means start making steps and strides visible, right? In action towards the very thing you have faith for. There's one thing to say, I believe the scriptures when they said God could use all believers to heal all diseases. Do you really act that way or just believe that way? What I mean by that is do you act uh, in faith and go towards someone who has a migraine headache because you can really easily believe for healing for that, but you stay away from someone that has cancer. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You have faith that God can heal a migraine because if he doesn't heal a migraine, oh, well, you know, it's, it's just a migraine. But do you even dare to come close? Someone has stage four cancer and move towards that person. It's not enough just to have faith and say, I'll pray for you. No. How about if you actually go to someone in the wheelchair and say, oh man, I don't even want to pray for you because I'll be embarrassed if you don't stand up. Action means I'm going to move towards what I said I believe. That means if I'm believing for a financial breakthrough, I'm going to move towards that in the area of my giving. I believe if I believe God heals all diseases, that means I'm going to pray for all diseases. I don't care if you stand up or don't. I'm going to pray for you because I believe. In other words, action has to be an element to you walking in authority in your business, in your ministry, in your home. Come on, say amen. Start commanding things that are not as though they are in your life. Move towards action. Everything that has been given to me in a supernatural way took faith and a step. Faith and a step. I had the faith that God called me, but to have this building, we had to go like this. Not knowing if we were going to get it or not. Laying ourselves out there, but we believed by action. Say action. If you believe God has called you to do something and God has given you something from the scriptures, start acting upon it. You know that they said there's a story about Todd White that I heard that before he started seeing all these miracles, he prayed for about like a hundred or a thousand people. I don't even know what the number is. How much was it? Okay, 200, probably more. He would, there was stories that his wife would be embarrassed of him. Now this is guy Todd White, I'm not putting up in a pedestal, but when he first started ministry and we knew about him, it was already past the time when he did all the behind the scenes work, right, and got embarrassed. He would pray for people in restaurants and he would be like so passionate and they would not get healed. And he would go to another place. You know what, do you have a knee problem? Yeah. Well, Lord, move it. Ah, still hurts. He did that about 200 times to the point his testimony says his wife didn't want to even go to restaurants with him. But you know what he was doing? He was not just believing, he's saying, I'm going to move towards what I believe. I, if I believe this, I'm going to move towards it. Action! Until after the 200th time, suddenly something clicked. And people started getting healed on the streets. Why? Because he had 200 failures. That's what we call failures. No, God was just building his faith to see if he really believed. Can I hear an amen? And then lastly is this. The last step, and I'm going to give you the last scripture is this, is declaration. Say declaration. Three ways to activate authority and power. By faith, by action, by declaration. Say declaration. Oh, some of you need to hear this. Say declaration. Pay attention to what's coming out your mouth. Pay attention. 
attention. What you're talking behind closed doors is always woe is me or is it God is king? Is it I can't believe this is happening to me or I get an opportunity to showcase the power of God in this situation? Confession and declaration is best in the area of intercession and prayer. So the best way that you could declare something uh, to, to take authority over it is in the realm of prayer. When you see a storm, I declare storm, you will not come near my house. That's, that's declaration. If you're financially in trouble, I declare that God is not going to leave me uh, as an orphan and he shall supply all my needs. Through intercession, you have the power of declaration. Let there be light. And there was light. There was nowhere in scripture that God the Father said, here, I'm forming something and here's light. He waited for, for him to speak it, for it to be light. Let there be firmament and there was firmament. Let there be animals and there was animals. Now I see this in this last scripture and I'll let you go. I feel fired up. I don't know about you. This last scripture, I'm going to share these three steps in the scripture of the fig tree. I'm going to be real quick. We all know the scripture of the fig tree where Jesus was hungry. You're going to see faith. Active, I'm talking about activate authority to see results. That's a key, by the way. Why activate authority if you're not going to see results? Faith. Everybody say faith. Say action. Say declaration. Say faith. Say action. Declaration. One more time. Say faith. Action, declaration. Last scripture I promise is Mark chapter 11. And I'm, and I'm, I'm sending you home. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God to stir you in believer's authority. Believe, Mark 11 verse 12 through 14. Then we're going to go through 20 to 24. Are you ready? Say amen. Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he, Jesus, was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps... Jesus would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of for figs. Now watch this. In response, say in response. Say in response. That's an action word. In response to that situation, watch this, he took action. In other words, he didn't say, oh, you don't have any figs? Bummer. Oh, well, guess it's my bad day. I want to show you that he moved into an action, which was not positive for the fig tree in this case, but he responded. Everybody say responded. Stop sit, remaining silent when you have authority to shift things. Watch. In response, that's action, right? That's action. Jesus said, what is that? Declaration, right? In response, action, Jesus said, so that's declaration. He declared to, watch this, the tree, let no fruit eat from you ever again. And, dis, and the disciples heard it. Now watch this. And look at verse 20. Now in the morning. Now guys, this is supernatural. How many of you pass by a tree? Try that today. Try going to a, a, a ripe tree. Maybe it doesn't have any fruits in it, right? But it's, it's alive. And try cursing it with your words and come back tomorrow and see if it's all shriveled up I mean, I mean all shriveled up that, that's why this story is in the Bible because it was it was what the disciples were freaking out now watch this in the morning they passed by they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots that's supernatural authority okay 
And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Are you ready for this? Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. In other words, you want to know the secret of the authority that I walked in, Peter, and saw that fig tree wither away in less than 24 hours? is because I moved in action, I declared it through prayer, and I had faith. He said, how did this happen? And I love it. Jesus was the most, I mean, he just didn't say, well, you got to, you know, there's, you know, how the fat, you got the three steps and then five steps and then three steps and then five steps and then buy my book. He said, have faith in God. Say this with me, have faith in God. But where's the revelation? That is the revelation. That that, that is, wait, 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 we're we're waiting for, come on, any moment now, God is going to give me this supernatural revelation. How did you do that? Have faith in God. Come on, Jesus, I'm waiting for, have faith in God. Look, 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 look. Have faith in God. I'm I'm closing. For surely I say to you, whoever says, declares to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes. You are the last dragon. But believes. Watch this. Believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. Now, I know that the charismatic movement has taken the name it, claim it thing too far. Like, that's my boat over there. No, it's not your boat. But you can believe God for a boat. You can believe God for a house. You can believe God for a ministry. Where we have gone off is we try to covet other people's things. But the believer's authority includes you obtaining all the promises of God by walking in authority. Jesus in this scripture demonstrated response, declaration, and have faith in God. When all the disciples were freaking out, he gave the simplest command, have faith in God. Do you have faith in God? Do you want to walk in this authority? I said, do you want to walk in this authority? Do you want to walk in this authority? Come on, stand up. I want everyone to stand up right now. Come on, I'm closing right now. Come on, I want everyone to stand up. Everyone real quick. I want, Listen, don't, don't. Don't fall asleep on me. Don't yawn on me. I want you to look that this is the hour for you to walk in victory, for you to walk in power. Say this with me. Say, I will activate faith, action, and declaration. Come on, say, I will activate faith, Action and declaration to walk in authority and power that's already been given to me. So today, I believe every problem, every situation, every weakness, every addiction that I have can be solved by the authority that's been given to me by heaven. So right now, I take authority. Come on. I take authority over everything that is slowing me down, that is binding me up, that is addicting me, that is putting me into bondage. And I say right now, in Jesus' name, I take authority. Father, right now I pray for our RCC people that you would open their eyes to
to understand what has been given to them in the heavenly realms. You said you have blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Today, starting today, open up our eyes that we do not have to settle with just a few blessings or even the majority. You have given us all of the blessings. We have faith that you have given us authority and power. We have faith that you have given us exousia, which means permission and, and authority without restraint. You have given us dunamis, which is might, ability, and strength. Oh, this is the believer's authority. This is the believer's power. I want everyone right now to lift up your hands and contend for this. I want you to contend for it. Come on. In your own way, say, God, I want to contend for this authority that's already mine. I want to walk in victory. I want to walk in power. I want to walk in authority. Come on. Lift up your hands. Start praying. Come on, start praying this. The life of defeat is not yours. The life of defeat is not yours. Come on. Break out of that shell. Break out in Jesus' name. Break out of that weakness. Break out of that pattern. Break out of that passivity. Break out in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.